Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special crossover episode of 80s Reboot Overdrive and Set Lusting Bruce. That's right, two great podcasts together, kind of like chocolate and peanut butter. Uh, <laughs> you hear it right now, I am joined by uh, two of my favorite people. Uh, Scott, introduce yourself first. Hi, I am Scott. And I am with the 80s Reboot Overdrive family. Absolutely. Uh, Scott, tell us your uh, your allegiance. Tell me about your musical uh, joy. And by the way, that allegiance was um, for Bob because he, he gets that inside joke. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, I've, I, I can't imagine life without music. And I've loved it for a very long time. My favorite genre is heavy metal. And that's what I've been doing as far as a podcast in the last oh three months or so we've taken on uh two other guys chris and tim and i talk about 80s heavy metal and so we've been at we've been breaking down each year and talking about either our favorite albums or our most notable albums and we're right now we uh are heading into 1986 which is a huge year and it's going to be a two-part show uh it's gonna need to be because there's just too many great albums that year so i'm just i just i love music i i'm i have an eclectic taste you know i can go from everywhere from heavy metal to a uh 70s r&b and soul you know um little, little bobby caldwell occasionally and oh very nice i mean i i am a sucker for disco okay surprisingly <laughs> surprisingly and i didn't really discover bruce until till later in life for me, you know, okay. I mean, till probably maybe about 10, 15 years ago, I really decided, I really discovered some of his, his older stuff from the seventies. And I, I, I have more of a, uh, a liking for that sound of his. Okay. Than, than the later stuff. Scott so. was there at the beginning of this podcast. We were talking the, um, Best albums of um, eighty nine. Right. It was that That's was one of our first ones together. It was, but, and uh, uh, it was albums of the eighties, I guess. And um, and I realized that's when I realized I could have picked all Bruce albums, but I didn't. Right. So yes, so Scott was kind of uh, like he was the uh, a uh, birth birth mother, or you know, <laughs> yeah, a wet nurse helping me out. <laughs> No, so, you know, I, I I'm very new to the podcasting scene, so it's uh, it was it, I, we're right there at rookies at the same time. Absolutely. Um, the other voice you're hearing is Bob. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Well, uh, unlike you two, I'm not currently affiliated with any specific podcast, but I do have a lengthy trail of failed podcasts and websites left in my wake over the years. So. <laughs> I do have quite a bit of experience. Hopefully, I won't ruin this one and uh, put shears in the uh, in the proverbial grave. But I, like Scott, I am huge music fan. Uh, mostly these days, I listen to a lot of what I guess is generically termed indie rock, which is kind. You know, in the '80s, anything that was kind of offbeat was called new wave, and then in the '90s, when grunge came along, they started calling it alternative. Now it's just kind of generically referred to as indie rock, but I listen to, I like to listen to that a lot, but I've, my iPhone has like 15,000 songs on it. I've got all sorts of stuff, every genre possible. Uh, I, I like, he mentioned seventies, uh, R and B and soul. That's one of my favorite genres, like the stacks, 
records era and also philly soul like uh the stuff from uh, philadelphia international uh, gamble and huff that sort of stuff that's really right in my wheelhouse but uh my child of the 70s and 80s so definitely have been a springsteen fan for years although not anywhere near the extent that you are jesse i yeah. i mean you're you're that's a a, a life uh, a life thing for you i i've always enjoyed them but i uh, have never had the uh, good fortune of seeing them live yet so one of these days maybe i'll get a chance to do that so bob and i have worked together and he just before we started recording reminded me that we have been friends for 17 years um because we started i guess um working together and being friends in 99 um, yep Bob is um, known as Sideshow Bob on the sports station that we both um, are fans of here in the ticket, here in Dallas, the little ticket. And that's how I got to know him. I, I was actually a fan of his shtick that he would interact in with the audience, you know, with the hosts. And we ended up getting to be friends online and then. We ended up working together, and we, our families, have been friends now for a really long time. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah. So, um, so I am thrilled both of you are here joining me. Um, so our topic is the Rolling Stone. Um, back at the end of February, released readers' poll: the ten best Bruce Springsteen songs of the '80s, and. I, I was looking. I don't show how many fans voted, but this is a fan poll. This isn't critics. This is not. This is just pure American Idol. You know, punching in your num. You know, punching in the numbers and clicking. So we're not going to say whether they're right or wrong, but what we are going to say is, in our opinion. We're going to go from the bottom to the top, kind of discuss each song. Maybe should the song be higher, lower, or not on the list at all. And then just because we're that kind of wild and crazy guys, um, we've actually, each of us have lists of songs that we would have added to the list. And to be fair, we're going to try to say, okay, you got to take one off then versus like making it 15. Um I will tell you, I cheated on this um, earlier this week. I was being interviewed by someone, and they said, give me your top three Springsteen songs. And I said, Land of Hope and Dreams, Better Days, and then the third depends on the day. <laughs> and they <laughs> said, okay, that's really cheating, Jesse. I said, that's the best <laughs> I can do. I'm sorry. I don't know that song. Uh, better Days, <laughs> yes. All right. So um, we understand the rules? Yes, or at least our discussions. All right. Um, so let's start out with number 10 was Out in the Street. Um, out in the Street is from the river. He is hearing, uh, he is playing that a lot right now as he tours doing the river as a full, you know, an album show. Um, has the uh, I walk the way I want to walk and talk the way I want to talk uh, line. So. Scott, let's start with you. Um, out on the street, any thoughts? Uh, you know, it's a it's a good song. It's uh, it's hard to say whether it's 
top 10 worthy for me. It's a classic. I mean, it's an older one. So like I said before, I do like some of the older stuff of his. So it kind of fits into that that feel that he had going in the 70s. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's kind of my take on that one. I don't okay. know it as well as some of the others that are in the top 10, though. I'll tell you that. I understand. Um, how about you, Bob? Well, this when I saw this list, and this was you know the first song I saw when I went to the webpage, it really kind of indicated to me that I would think the majority of the folks who voted on this list really probably are pretty diehard Springsteen fans because this isn't a song that just a casual fan would probably know about. It's not a hit. It wasn't. It didn't get much, if any, radio play. I don't think you know the random person on the street who just knows Bruce Springsteen's greatest hits would be familiar with this. So that being said, I think it, it really does indicate that you know you've got not just you know like you mentioned American Idol type voting, but I don't think that was the the audience that was voting on this. And I and I for that reason I probably wouldn't have it on my top ten. But because again I'm more of a casual kind of a day tripper type of uh, uh, Springsteen fan and um, not much of what I have on my list or would be qualified as deep cuts like this, but I've heard it before. It's a good song. You know, he has very few, if any poor songs. I, I, I like it. I just, I tend to skew a little more mainstream. I think when it comes to Bruce than most do. Okay. That's fair enough. Um, I love the way it starts. Put on your best dress baby and darling, fix your hair up right. Um, and then um, I do love that. The line and went Monday when the foreman calls time. I've already got Friday on my mind, and I think all of us who work for a living know that feeling that on <laughs> Monday morning you're already thinking, you know, gosh, can we get to Friday? Can we get to Friday? Yeah. Um, so yeah, and I, like I do say, uh, when I'm out in the street, I walk the way I want to walk. When I'm out in the street, I talk the way I want to talk. So yeah, a fun song. I totally agree. Um, I'm going to kind of keep this um, – this is a good song, and it's certainly I'm enjoying it on this uh, river tour. Don't know if I would include it in top ten either, so let's move on. Number nine is from uh, Tunnel of Love. Um, need to get out there right away. Uh, Tunnel of Love is one of my favorite albums of Bruce. Um, I think it's very interesting, and Rolling Stone talked about this, that after the Born in the USA mega success, and it blew up, um, he, I think, deliberately chose to bring it back a little bit to try to dampen the enthusiasm, to try to keep his life from going even more crazy. Um, I also think that this is an album that when you listen to it from the perspective that his marriage to Julianne Phillips was uh, falling apart, this is an album that talks about that marriage. Um, so uh, One Step Up is the next song. Uh, Bob, let's start with you this time. Well, I'm really glad you said that about the album because I always thought I was kind of a weirdo really liking this album because it's never been considered, you know, widespread consensus being one of his, at least, especially when you look at the eighties, you know, there's always yeah. more praise for the other albums. Um, I actually, on my top 10, I have four songs from this album. This is one of them. This is probably one of my favorite Springsteen songs of all time. It's a really great song. 
Uh, and I normally skew more toward up-tempo numbers, but this one, just for whatever reason, I always really like this song. And um, I think I would have it like either one or two on my list on top 10 for the 80s. But yeah, it's great. It's a really great song. And I remember the video being really good, too. Absolutely. Um, you know, one of my in in May of 2012, I went I was down at Houston. It was the third Springsteen show I'd seen in 30 days. That's the first time I'd ever done that. I've never done it since, and I was just thrilled. And um, for the casual fan, um, in the previous past couple of tours, Bruce has gotten the habit of people bringing sign requests, and he picks signs, and he will do a song just randomly, or he'll lie. Like, if a song's supposed to be on the set list anyway, he'll show the sign going, oh, look, we're playing what you guys requested. Um, but one step up, someone says the E Street Band had not played that since 1990. And um, they sang, he said, the band does not know this song, but they played it. And it was mostly him singing with um, his lovely bride, uh, Patty, singing background. And it was just a wonderful song. I I'm a big fan of this one, too. Uh, Scott, how about you? I, this one definitely make my top ten. Okay. I, I would definitely agree with this uh, pick for a top 10. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like Bob. I'm more of a uh, casual fan of Bruce, yeah. but I do appreciate a lot of his music. And I, and I like Bob also, I do like some of his slower tempo songs. You know, mm -hmm. some of those are my favorite songs by Bruce. And this one, I lyrically, I think it's just so deep. <laughs> I, it makes sense for so many different aspects in life. You know, you think you're getting ahead, but you really end up taking, yeah. you know, kind of a hit. Uh, and it's it, sometimes that's just reality. You know, reality is not always, you know, flowers and rainbows and sunshine. Sometimes it's a little harsher. And this is, I think that's kind of what he's, you know, it, he alludes to in that, you know, you can take one step forward and take a couple steps back. Sometimes it's just life. I totally agree. Um, you know, one of the lyrics is, it's the same thing night on night. Who's wrong, baby? Who's right? Another fight, and I slam the door on another battle in our dirty little war. When I look at myself, I don't see the man I wanted to be. Somewhere along the line, I slipped off track. I'm mm -hmm. caught moving one step up and two steps back. Mm -hmm. You know, that's someone who is holding themselves accountable to this commitment they made and um he's finding himself wanting this isn't just oh it's all your fault this isn't working and i do remember that not just in marriage but in friendship or in work where you know another battle in our dirty little war where i you know you just don't seem to get ahead yeah, and I can I can really identify with the sentiment you mentioned, Jesse. You know, having been through a divorce that I uh, I went through several years ago, where you know you go in. I went into it, and I thought, you know, I'm never marriage is forever. I'm never going to get a divorce, and so no matter who you, I you feel is at fault, I I still felt really guilty and disappointed in myself for not for it not working out. You know. Yeah, and, and and I I really identify with that sentiment of the song. Mm. Yeah, and 
Um, and what I find interesting is in the biographies that have been written about him, very little is talked about in that marriage. Um, I don't know if just he paid Julianne Phillips a ton of money not to talk about this, which I'm sure he did, or they just somehow had a very healthy divorce. But um, you don't hear a lot of about that. You that, don't go ahead. That marriage always vexed me. Like yes. it just seemed so unlikely. He, he did not seem like the type that would end up with an a Hollywood a celebrity an actress. You know what I mean? Yes. It just seems like the antithesis of Bruce's personality and MO, but yeah. I always was confused by that. No, now, I, see, that, can ahead. I throw something in there? Please. It's, it's funny that you say that you didn't see him marrying, you know, a Hollywood movie star or a celebrity type uh, person. Um, whereas the other Jersey boy, Bon Jovi, you would have expected that yet he marries his high school sweetheart. You know, <laughs> I mean, it, it's like two opposites and you expect the opposite of them. <laughs> that, yeah, absolutely. That so. is a great point. And obviously he and Patty's um, relationship has, it appears to be fairly healthy, at least has lasted. And they seem to be, um, when I see them performing, I know that um, when he was in Dallas for the, uh, final four you know they did that free show um at the end he went to do thunder road by himself and he gestured for her to stay on stage with him to sing with him and it it seemed um that he wanted her there with him so um yeah very cool all right, so then we move to, and I agree, by the way, this would be on my top ten, um, Hungry Heart. Now, for many of us non-70s fans, and I did not hear about Bruce, even though I'm older than both of you, um, I was not, I did not find Bruce until my wife's, Linda's friend, Lisa Mesh, came down and Lisa was going to school in the Northeast and she was talking about this guy, the boss and how amazing it was. And so I bought, you know, the river and I had heard hungry heart on the radio. And so that was kind of my first thought on this. Um, Scott, how about you? What, what do you think about hungry heart? Um, don't really know it. Well, okay. May have heard it a few times, just really, never grabbed my attention so okay. i i can't really i don't have a lot of input on this one okay, that's it, good. It, it obviously wouldn't make my top 10 okay. if i don't know it very well okay so, so uh, uh, okay that's that's interesting because it's a um it's a it, huge hit for yeah him, that I is I, mean, yeah. I um I, I just i can't it 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 must not have caught my attention for okay. some reason and All right. i just i can't I can't hear it in my head. Like, you know, usually you, you hear the name of a song and you yeah. can start either the, the, um, the, the opening line or the opening riff or whatever will start going through your head mm -hmm. or the final start going through your head. I cannot hear this song for the life of me. Wow. Unless I push play right now on the, uh, mm -hmm. on the video that I have, I have the, uh, the list up in front of me that you posted. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Um, okay, Bob, how about you? Well, it's almost the opposite for me. This is, if not 
my number one of all time for Bruce, probably number two, and I would put it at the top of the 80s list. And there's a few things about this song that I find very interesting. One is that I remember the first few times I heard it back when it first came out, it struck me how vocally different it was. Like, it doesn't really sound like his voice compared to what you're used to hearing before then. Like songs like Born to Run and Thunder Road and, you know, the, the, the stuff from Darkness on the Edge of Town. You know, he, he had more of the, the what we know as the Bruce voice. And this was a much more polished, smooth sounding vocal from him. Than, and, I, and it took me a while before I realized it was even him. And then the other thing that I really and this is something I didn't know about until years later was that he actually wrote the song for the Ramones and that the Ramones were the ones who were actually he was intending for them to do the song. Um, so, uh, but I, it's just so catchy. The, the lyrics are great. I mean, that opening line, you know, every time I've seen it performed live on a, a special or something, you know, the crowd basically sings the opening line, got a wife and kids in Baltimore, Jack, I went out for a ride and never came back. I mean, it's, I just love just everything about the song. <laughs> I'm recalling it now. Uh, it, it's coming back to me. So, I'm so sorry. No, 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 that's okay. Um, interesting. Um, I've heard him talk about this on an interview, Bob, um, where he said the tradition of the audience singing the first verse happened on accident. He was playing, and this was before he had teleprompters. Um, and I'm not judging. You know what? If, if you're 66, I don't care if you're 56, oh man, you should have a teleprompter just in case you need it, right? Well, especially considering the body of work. I mean, how yes. much volume of material <laughs> yes. he has. Right. Um, so he went up to sing and he couldn't think of the lyrics. <laughs> and he just drew a blank. Um, as we've all done, right, on different things where you can't think of your your kid's name or your boss, you know. And so the crowd sang the first verse. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then by the time the chorus got there, he then knew and he started. And so every time I've seen him do this live, um, they always play the first, uh, sing the first verse. This is also the song where Bruce and his wisdom at 66 decides to body surf <laughs> which he does and wow. uh which is pretty fun well and he's in better shape at 66 than most people are at 36 so amen <laughs> he does he looks great um i let me ask you jesse sure. do you did you note the same thing about the vocal on this that it it sounds so much different than what his voice normally does or do, do you not really think that's the case no i totally agree it's a different style it's even though it's not a very happy song if you look at the lyrics. <laughs> you know, it's talking about I left my wife and kids at home. and But it is a beautiful, upbeat song. Um, I love songs with that kind of a juxtaposition, yes. though, that, that are upbeat. But if you listen to them, it's like, oh, my God, that's so, that's so depressing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it is. And, I, you know, it's such a fun chorus. You know, everybody's got a hungry heart. Everybody's got a hungry heart. Lay down your money and play your part. Everybody's got a ho, ho, ho hungry heart. And <laughs> yeah. it is. I, I did not know this was built, built for the Ramones. Um, the other thing that... I, I actually stumped you with Bruce trivia. Yes, you it, did. Very nice, yes. <laughs> um, 
I will tell you what made me smile, this big old smile, is I was watching a zombie movie called Warm Bodies. Nice. I don't know That's if either one. one of you have watched yeah, that movie. Yeah, I've I have seen it. I love it. I love it. It, it yeah, is. It, it is a big. But that scene where he plays Hungry Heart just <laughs> made me smile because it was so. It's an upbeat song, and then you know, kind of a hungry and heart and all these different things. It is a great scene, um, and some Bruce nerd said that actually, where hungry, um, where uh, that. Hungry Heart would be on the album isn't where he plays the needle, <laughs> but uh, I thought that well, was a, that's a little well, nerdy. That part, yeah, that's hardcore. Yes, it was. <laughs> if you're able to pay attention to that, <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah. So, and I also think this is your point about the Ramones. Um, you know, he had just given Patty Smith because of the night, and she had a huge hit. Um, you know, also about this time. I guess um, he gave fire to the Pointer Sisters, and I've seen little Steven uh, say, you know, can we keep some of these for us? <laughs> uh, so, yes, definitely, I, um, to, that does not, when it comes on the radio, I don't hit the channel and switch it um, to, um and unfortunately, Scott, you're stuck with two P1s on this thing. And that's what the radio station will talk about. How quickly do you punch out when a, you've tired of a song? Yeah. You know, and, you know, like in, you know, and how many years of your life do you lose every time you hear it? <laughs> this is one that I don't get tired of hearing. When I'd I, really be interested, Jesse, in hearing which Bruce Springsteen songs you punch out the fastest. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. We, that, that might be an interesting. Yes. And you know what? There is a song on this list. Oh, I'm pretty on sure this I know what list. Is. So, really? yes. Uh, and that's oh, called a tease. Okay. Yes. Um, I bet I bet I know which one it is, but we'll okay. get there. <laughs> uh, number seven, Tunnel of Love, another song from henceforth Tunnel of Love. Um, uh, Bob, how about you? Well, I mentioned earlier how much I love the album and that I have four of the Tunnel of Love songs on my top ten, and this is one of them. Um, always enjoyed this song. It's funny. There's I have a theory about certain song names, like. The song Heartbreaker, okay? Led Zeppelin has a song called Heartbreaker. I love it. Pat Benatar has a song called Heartbreaker. Different song, same title. I love it. You know, there's there's a couple others that don't come to mind that have that same title. Same thing with Tunnel of Love. Dire Straits, Tunnel of Love is one of their best songs, but it's not the same Tunnel of Love. But uh, it's, it's a bit of a di- – uh, 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 I'm off on a tangent here. But no, no, I'm... no. That's a very <laughs> interesting point. Uh, but there's something about the song that I always have really liked. And um, again, it's not a very traditional type of Bruce song. It's got the synths and, and you know, it's, it's, it's a bit, you know, different, a departure from what its normal sound is. But, um, but I really always have liked the song. Scott? Uh, one of my favorites. Yeah. And I've always liked the opening line. Uh, you know, yes. bad man sitting on a little stool. Take some money from my hands while his eyes take a, a look, a, a walk all over you. I just, I, it's amusing. It's fun. It's, it's just, it, it sets the scene for the whole, the whole song. And I just, I, I like it. It's, 
it's one of my favorites. It definitely makes my top ten. And I, I agree. And um, what I find pretty interesting is when you spend time looking at that, um, when he says it's easy for two people to lose each other in this tunnel of love. And it ought to be easy, ought to be simple enough. Man meets woman and they fall in love. But the house is haunted and the ride gets rough. And you've got to learn to live with what you can't rise above if you want to ride on down in through this tunnel of love. So even the first song on this album, he's kind of warning you, this is not going to be an easy ride. This is... He was really going through some stuff on this. He, he really was, wasn't he? Um, and that's, um, I think that is one of the reasons why I love this album so much, just because it, in this, it's so autobiographical, you know. So, yes. Um, uh, yeah, I, I agree. This is really well done and um, good stuff. Okay. Then we go to. Uh, number six, which is Born in the USA. I have to share my Born in the USA story. Um, we go back to Houston, as I was telling you before. It was a three-hour and 15-minute, three-hour and 20-minute concert. And wow. it's, yeah, it's, you know, just a great show. And it's, I'm, we're outside. Um, it's the outdoor venue that's just north of Houston, like in the Woodlands. And uh, Dorothy something pavilion. I think Cynthia Woods Mitchell pavilion. Yes, I think like yes. Yeah. Thanks. And so, um, you know, I'm waiting for Linda to come out of the restroom, and this very drunk lady <laughs> says, "Is it over?" <laughs> yeah, it's over. But really, I see. Yeah, he did three hours, but he didn't born. He didn't do born in the USA. I see, yeah, he actually doesn't do Born in the USA very much. But but it's his biggest hit. He's really not going to do Born in the USA? <laughs> so uh, when I was in Louisville, um, he did Born in the USA, and I had to tweet, and somewhere there's a drunk lady in Houston that's very happy. <laughs> um, this is a song that has been misunderstood, misused um, in a lot of ways. So, Bob, you want to start off? Start us off? Well, first, I must be wrong because I was going to guess this was your punch-out song. And the only reason I say that, I mean, it's a great song, but good, sweet, merciful, fancy Moses, it has been overplayed to the point of I cannot listen to it anymore. And it's and it like I said, it's no criticism of the song. It's just I just have been overexposed to it. Just those opening notes. It's like oh, I cannot do this again. But the the lyrical content, it's like you said, it's been so misconstrued, misunderstood. Idiotic politicians have tried to co-opt it, thinking it's a big rah rah America song. And it's like, are you even listening to the same song I'm listening to? But uh, yeah, this as as much as it. I understand why it would be on a top 10 best Springsteen songs of the eighties. It is not on my list. And that's simply just because I cannot hear it anymore. It's just, I've heard it too many times. Um, well said, Scott. I am really in the same boat. 
here as Bob. Um, overplayed, but overall, I, th I think it's a very powerful song. You know, that's something that I really have learned to appreciate about Bruce over the years. He's not fluff. He doesn't have a lot of fluff. He gets he gets to the point and he he tells it like it is and he kind of he really throws it out there in your face. I mean, you, we talk about the the previous album that we were just discussing, Tunnel of Love. There, he's not holding anything back on those on a lot of those songs, and in this either, you know, it's it's a statement, uh, I think, and it's it has been misunderstood as yeah. like like Bob said a rah rah song or, or was that you Jesse I'm sorry uh, yeah. well I but I'm, anyway yeah I don't I don't I I I still like it but I I was also thinking that this was your punch out song <laughs> well <laughs> because I'm not... because of the overplayed yes. because it, it was so heavily in rotation especially back uh, when it came out I mean just good man it was all over the place um I. I think it's close to a, a, a punch out song. Uh, I do know when he played it in Louisville, I didn't, I didn't go, Oh yay. Cause you know, it's a big deal when you get a tour premiere, you know, this is the first time they've done a song on the tour. Um, and I'm like, Oh, this was the thing. Now I have heard him. He's done a song called the wall, which he wrote after visiting, the Vietnam Memorial. Mm -hmm. And if you guys haven't heard that, it is definitely worth um, finding it, Googling it and listening to it. And he was doing born in the USA and then the wall back to back. And that was a powerful one two punch. Um, so maybe that's one of the reasons why I'm not kicking it as much. The other thing is, I have heard this song thousands of times <laughs> and I never um, caught this line till um, the podcast Springsteen Sings the Alphabet, which is an alpha uh, podcast that uh, I've become a fan of. They, oh, one of the guys is here in Dallas, the other guy in Mississippi, and they are going through every Bruce song alphabetically and discussing it. Wow. Uh, and and each you know each song episode's only like 15 20 minutes but they talk about it but got in a little hometown jam so they put a rifle in my hand i had never connected that you know this kid 18 19 got in a little bit of trouble uh, you know i don't know what it was but something and basically they said you know you can join the army or you can go to jail is the implication. And um, and there was a lot of discussion on what does the chorus mean? Is it a um, kind of a taunting that, yeah, despite all this bad things, I was still born in the USA or um, to Bob and I like, yep, that's such a cowboy play. Because, you know, like when you see them doing something bad, you go, yep, that's the Cowboys. You know, so it's like, yes, that's us born in the USA. Uh, what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, th this is what comes to mind now. I guess shorthand for it is, you know, whenever you hear somebody say America, you know, and it, the implication is kind of like the redneck flyover state 
ultra conservative mindset of, you know, we can do no wrong America, you know, everything we just, we do is great. And kind of the whole Trump MO right now, I think that's kind of what he's really attacking with the song is, you know, it's almost kind of a sarcastic, like, you know, approach to it. But, uh, that's, that's mainly my interpretation of it. Okay. Scott, anything to add on that? Um, you know, I always kind of connected it with the movie, uh, yes. born, born on the 4th of July, um, with Tom Cruise. And it, it kind of had, in my, my opinion, the lyrics kind of match with the sentiment that happens that happened with Tom Cruise. I could be way off, but it always no, just for some reason. No, I, I totally agree uh, for someone who did not serve in Vietnam. Um, but Bruce, you know, and I think if you, once again, I think you have to talk about the wall when he talked about, you know, he explained in the interviews when he was filming this, that there were local Jersey musicians that were, um, you know, they were rock stars as far as these local Jersey youths were, you know, they were big in the local Jersey music scene and uh, a couple of them got drafted and died in mm. Vietnam. And um, I believe that for many people in Bruce's generation, that war remains part of them. And even though he didn't serve, I think too many of his friends did, and he lost too many people. And I, I totally agree. This is very much about that. Okay, now that we're bummed, we're going to move on. <laughs> um, and we're halfway through the list already. Yes, we are. Uh, no Surrender. Um, this is from um, Born in the USA, which is funny. Um, I haven't noticed, but um, how many of the songs from – have we, we haven't had that many Born in the USA songs yet, have we? No, and okay. uh, the the quote unquote glaring omissions were uh, what I was uh, kind of messaging yes. you about earlier. That yes. a friend of ours had some really uh, hot opinions about being yes. off this list. Um, so I love No Surrender. I I, um, I, I just I I just think it's a song full of joy, um, and it is such a I feel like a really great song. Learn more from a three-minute record than we ever did in school is such a great line. Um, I think, Bob, it's your turn to go first, right? Yeah, I really like the song, um, but there's a, there are two or three songs on that album that I like better that I put on my top ten. So I'd put this in the, you know in the college football ranking vernacular. Others receiving votes. This this is this would be close to that the edge. Nice, of the top 10, I like but that. The, <laughs> but yeah, it's a really good song. I mean, that whole album is really good. Uh, and um, uh, that that song, like you said, I think that lyric you quoted is is. One of my favorite lyrics of his. It's a really good one, and that, that's a that's an excellent song. Just not quite where I would put it in my top ten. Okay, Scott, how about you? I wish I had the cricket sound effect right now. Okay, no problem. Um, <laughs> I really don't know this song. Okay, I, I really don't, and I wish I did. Because um, mm -hmm. I, I, sometimes I I go through and I try to do some homework and I try yeah. to listen to some stuff that I don't normally yeah. listen to. Um, like I'm always doing homework 
for the other podcast, the 80s mixtape yes. auto reverse. Um, I'm always doing homework after the fact because <laughs> because uh, Chris and Tim are always bringing up these albums that I'm like, man, I remember hearing the name of the band, but I don't remember this album at all. So after that week, I have to go back and listen to it. You know, <laughs> this time I tried to do a little bit of pre uh, preparation homework and mm-hmm. you know listen to some of these songs. And I still, I just, I can't place the song. Well, I listen, uh, I listen to about, you know, a 30 sure. second, 45 second uh, cut of it. And then I just, I can't place it. No um, problem. But I know we're going to talk more about this album, the right. album that it's on, because there's definitely songs on here that were, I, I don't know how, what the list, the, the uh, Rolling Stone reader poll was thinking on a couple okay so we'll get into that later though okay so anyway i really don't have a lot of input on this one it definitely wouldn't make my list though all right here's um here's your homework assignment okay uh write down no surrender houston 2012 um there is a guy had a sign um i sprung my brother out of class to bring him to a springsteen show because that's one of the lyrics is um and um you know we busted out of class so he says i busted my brother out of class and these two brothers stood on stage and sang the whole song with bruce um and it is it is a lot of fun it's on youtube or yeah it's on youtube and it's easy to find okay um i guess the reason why and this is um I have to give my allegiance. In other words, this is I'm voting with my heart. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't think Notre Dame intellectually really deserves to be in the top ten, but because uh, you know I'm a you know a Notre Dame fan, and that's for you, Bob, you and your dad. <laughs> um, I'm gonna vote for him. You know, Bob Scott. I will tell you, I I there have been dozens of people that have joined me on the podcast that have talked about. No Surrender, No Retreat Baby, No Surrender has been their theme song when they are fighting an illness. Mm. Um, And, you know, while we made a promise, we swore we'd always remember, No Retreat Baby, No Surrender. Like soldiers in their winter night with a vow to defend, No Retreat Baby, No Surrender. Um, And... When you hear that lyric and when you hear them saying, well, you know, I kept playing No Surrender when I was doing chemo, mm-hmm. you know, when I was uh, when I when, the, you know, I, on the way to my uh, treatments, I would be playing No Surrender. I would just go through this on the tape. Um, it becomes more than just a pop song. Um, so that's a little biased for me, but that's why I wasn't. And I think that's one of the reasons why. You know, it means a lot to me. So, you know, that's a very powerful thing that you're talking about, because I think a lot of people that go through those kind of things that that have theme songs to help them get through those situations, those medical situations. I got to give it to them because I know that in certain times when I'm feeling maybe a little down or something, I can put on a song and I can and it helps me get up and get going and, and motivates me and makes me feel better about life. Um, and if that's what does this, if this is a song that does this for people to get through that situation, then God bless them. You know, I mean, that's, that's an amazing 
powerful, powerful statement. And I agree with it. Music is so powerful in our lives. And if and we really just need to let it happen for us. And I'm, I'm glad to hear that. That's really an awesome story. Yeah. So, um, very cool. Thanks. I agree. And I'm, I'm just so, um, yeah, a lot of fun. Um, any final thoughts on No Surrender, Bob? No, I, okay. I think we've covered it. Okay, good deal. All right. So we're now up. Uh, we're, we got the upper tier. Um, Atlantic City uh, from Nebraska. Hey, Jesse, um, why don't you start out on this one? Okay. Um, you know, I can remember Atlantic City uh, when, you know, I, I they talked about when they – I remember reading an article about music videos and how they were becoming an art form, and they gave the example that some artists don't even appear – in the videos and i guess uh for the atlantic city uh video bruce does not appear um and that may have been the first non-performance video he i mean i think before that the only quote-unquote videos of bruce songs were just like concert performances this may be the first one he did i believe you are correct yeah um and what i find most interesting about it is and for the casual fans that are listening from 80s reboot nebraska was a film after 1980 and uh the river which is a double um album release uh, bruce went in to record on a small tape recorder and recorded a whole album's worth of songs and then when he came to um record them with the e street band uh the rumor is it, the legend is it, that um, people he trusted said, I think this is good the way it is. And so he released Nebraska, which is his most simple acoustic album he's done, where it's just him and a guitar and basically recorded on a little cassette tape player. I think it's a little bit more than what, you know, you, when you push play and record at the same time, uh, but not much bigger than that. And Atlantic City was one of the songs on there. Um, it has now become an E Street Band uh, song. Uh, they play it fairly often in their concerts and is one of the <laughs> songs that tons of people have covered. Um, you know, the band and uh, all kinds of people. So this is one of my favorite songs of his, um, I just, I love the whole, I'm not going to get out of here alive and I'm going to try to do this, you know, and I love the, everything dies, baby. That's a fact, but maybe everything it dies someday comes back the hopefulness of it. And, um, I always joke about, um, with my wife, Linda, I said, put your makeup on, fix your hair up pretty, and meet me tonight in Atlantic City. And Linda always says, why do I got to meet you? You can't pick me up? What's the deal? So, <laughs> uh, so Scott, how about you? Um, I, I don't know this song at all. Okay. I really don't. That's and, okay. 
and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Nebraska was your pick when we did our favorite top three albums of the 80s. Tunnel of Love was. It was one was it of Tunnel, Tunnel of, of Love? Love was. Yes, it was. I remember you talking about Nebraska. Yes. I remember it was up there in your, mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah. maybe an honorable mention or something. So yeah. I, you know, I was looking at the playlist or the uh, track list of this, and I really, there's, there's one song that stands out to me on this album, and we'll talk about that at the end when we do okay. our om- omissions and additions, if you want to do it that mm-hmm. way. Um, so I, I I really didn't even discover Bruce until you know decades later. So some of this stuff is so new to me and uh, unknown, mm-hmm. you know. So I I don't have a lot to put in on this one. So before we go to Bob, um, I will tell you, Scott, that many quote-unquote cool people will pick Nebraska as their favorite Springsteen album because it is very dark. Um, I have a song that I uh, from Nebraska that I would put on my suggested lists, and when we get to that, I'll talk about why. Okay. Uh, uh, how about you, Bob? Well – Dark, somber, acoustic Springsteen is not my personal favorite flavor of Bruce. Um, that being said, this is this is an excellent song. I mean, as far as that style of of Bruce goes, yes. But you know, I just I just rarely find myself in the mood to say, "Ah, let's pop in Nebraska. Let's pop in the Ghost of Tom Joad." I mean. It, I, it's not that I don't like the, those albums or the songs on them. They, I recognize they're very good songs, and especially lyrically, they're great. It's just I have to be in a very particular mood to really feel the urge to want to hear yeah. those over a lot of his other stuff. So as a result, I don't have it on my top ten, but I acknowledge and recognize it. It's a very good song. It's an excellent song. Yeah, I just, I just wanted to, real quick, um, Counting Crows... Uh, Hank Williams the third, Pete Yorn, Eddie Vedder, um, uh, Justin Towns Earl, um, the band Mumford and Sons, uh, just a few of the people that have covered this, um, wow. and uh, the band's version I think is especially good. Um, so um, yeah, uh, but I love how you put that. It is. Um, yeah, let's let's put on Nebraska and dance. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, you want to clear out a party. Yes. Throw, throw this, get the DJ to pop this in and see how good yes. the dance floor is. <laughs> okay, so now we're up to top three. Um, Brilliant Disguise. Another song, um, Tunnel of Love. And um, the Gypsy Swore, Our Future Was Bright, But Come the Wee Wee Hours... Well, maybe, baby, the gypsy lied. Um, this was the first single from Tunnel of Love, and um, I. This one I think is something. It's overplayed a little bit. It seems like it goes in a lot of um, rotations in E Street Radio, and it seems like I'm hearing Brilliant Disguise all the time. That might be the only reason I may be a little less happy with it but it is pardon the pun a brilliant song <laughs> scott i you know what and you and i have talked about this before actually on another podcast it was not the it's not that other one 
uh, that we just mentioned. Yeah. It was a different episode. And this is, this one would make my top three and it is number three on this list. And I just love the lyrics in this, this song. And I watched the video again. I haven't seen it in probably two decades. And I absolutely love this video. It's so simple. It's just him sitting in a kitchen, playing guitar, singing to the rate, singing to the camera. And he, and the camera slowly zooms in as the song progresses and it gets to the point where it's just him in your face. And it's just, it's just so powerful and black and white. And I'm, I'm a photographer, so I see that artistic side of things sometimes. And I, I am captured by some of the, the simplest artistic uh, representations, whatever you want to call it. And I just, this is one of my favorites, absolutely one of my favorites of his. Uh, I totally agree with you. The video is absolutely brilliant um, and perfect fitting with the song, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the intensity. Uh, mm -hmm. Bob, how about you? Well, the my I definitely have it in my top 10, and my reasons are probably a little more shallow and superficial, but um, <laughs> just on the strength of the chorus alone, I mean, this is maybe one of my favorite choruses in any Bruce Springsteen song. And the other thing I really love about the song is the tone and twang of the guitar. The, the, there's that one little riff that, that he plays in the song or that's played in the song that I, I just always grabs me. I always thought, wow, that's just a really great sound. I love that. So yeah, this is definitely in my top 10, one of the three of the four uh, tunnel of love songs I put on my list. Yeah. And you know, we could go through, I think, 15 or 20 minutes just talking about these lyrics because you know i'm just a lonely pilgrim i walk this world in wealth i want to know if it's you i don't trust because i damn sure don't trust myself mm. and um you know now you play the loving woman i'll play the faithful man but just don't look too close into the palm of my hand um you know, this is, once again, as you talked about, Scott, he's bearing his soul. Mm -hmm. Totally. And, um, you know, and it ends with, tonight our bed is cold. I'm lost in the darkness of our love. God have mercy on the man who doubts what he's sure of. Wow. I just got the chills just hearing yeah. those words. That, that, it's yeah. very, very potent. Um, it's, that's, that's, that's songwriting at the core of the writer right there. It's yeah. beautiful. It's, when it's th absolutely gorgeous writing. Yeah. <laughs> when you think of that, just this, who doubts what he's sure of, mm. you know, and there's a lot of talks about, I know what I believe. And then to have this core to yourself. Um, yeah. Just a very, very strong. Um, so anything else on that one? No. Okay. All right. So I'm going to tell you right now, I am not a fan of um, I'm on fire. <laughs> this is a song. This is your punch out? This I punch out immediately. Wow. I, oh my God. And I know this is because it's just been played too much. And in fact, um, we were at Nashville. Uh, and I, w I had 
gone to Nashville to see a Springsteen show. A bunch of us fans were all meeting beforehand at like a restaurant that had a, you know, a singer, you know, somebody playing. And so, you know, I, I took some bills, I put them in his tip jar and I said, hey, play a little Springsteen for us. And he sang on Mom on Fire and I almost took my money back, <laughs> you know? Wow. Um, and I don't know if it's just, I, I don't know what it is about it, but this is not one of my favorite songs. Um, and this is definitely one I'm telling you right now will, would go off my list and I would put something else there. <laughs> God, how about you? What were the lyrics that I quoted to you last night when I thought the podcast <laughs> was last night? <laughs> yep, you did. You, you, you quoted this. Yes, you did. You that woke night. up with streets soaking wet. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I love this. This is, this is definitely one of my favorite songs and it caught me back in the, back in the day, actually, when it was, um, released it was something that caught my attention by bruce and i think it may be one of my um what do you call it like a, a gateway drug to bruce springsteen mm -hmm. okay. it was like my gateway song to bruce i mean i really i thought i did i could not stand dancing in the dark okay right and it's heavy rotation and i the poppiness and the catchiness to it just turned me off but uh, after that, you know, I heard this song. It was a couple years later, maybe, and I just absolutely love this song. Okay. It, and I'm, I'm, instead of you punching it out, I turn it up. Oh, very nice. <laughs> that is the beauty of up. music. Yes, and everybody relates to something a little bit differently. And I, I've just always liked the, I don't know. There's something about the, the melody or. I don't know what it is. I'm not a musician, so I can't explain. I'm a fan of music. I love music, but I'm not a musician. So it is a very short song. Oh yeah, and absolutely. it has a beautiful medley. I do remember Sybil Shepherd, right? Played the legs, I think, supposedly in the video that's on this. Okay. Uh, yeah. So okay, Bob, how about you? I also like the song very much, and I think what what Scott maybe referencing with the melody is to me it's more like the cadence of the lyrics the it, it it's a very the the just the flow and and the way all the words fit in and along with the music um that lyric you know about the someone takes a knife baby edgy and dull that that's always been one of my favorite lyrics of his um this definitely is on my list um and uh i also used to really enjoy uh that video as well but I think it's just the the not just the lyrics, but the way they fit with the music. I think, I think it was really good. I, the word cadence you used is exactly what I was looking for. Okay, yeah. it Thank does you. have a great cadence on that. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for clearing me up, clearing that up for me. I, I'm like, what is it? What is it about that? You know, it, it's uh, yeah, it's the cadence mm -hmm. of the way the lyrics just roll off and they just fit right into the into the the groove of the song and it's it's awesome so yeah the groove yeah that's uh, actually that's what i was trying to think of too okay okay we're, we're playing well off each other this yeah is absolutely good. this is awesome um so are you guys surprised that i would have this as a punch out Shots. yes okay. yes <laughs> i am surprised i can't believe born in the usa is less of a punch out than this <laughs> that is awesome <laughs> 
Oh, I am so on board with Bob on this. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Okay, so then we come to the number one song of, according to Rolling Stone uh, readers, voters, is Dun Dun Dum, The River. Um, my river story is I was at a show and um, a kid held up a sign that says, It's my 19th birthday. Can you play the river? <laughs> And I'm looking like, have you ever heard the song? Just because it mentions your 19th birthday, that is not a happy birthday song you want Bruce to play for you. Um, yay! Um, there is... Yeah, um, there is a... Yeah. Um, the Rolling Stone had the article, you know, when they talked about this, they said that... Um, and this is on record. He wrote it for his sister, um, Virginia, who was uh, an 18-year-old high school senior in 68 when her boyfriend accidentally got her pregnant. They got married. And um, and Virginia and her husband, Mickey, are still happily married neither 50 years later. Wow, that's awesome. Which is it's, kind of amazing. It's basically yeah. the world's saddest Lifetime movie, if you think about it. It is the saddest <laughs> Lifetime movie. And, um, and you know, is a dream alive it's still if it doesn't come true or is it something else? Um, this is – I enjoy hearing him do it the two times I've heard it live or, you know, during the set. But this is not a song – I would have voted number one. Bob, how about you? No, it it did not make my list. And again, much like Atlantic City, it's not nothing to do with the quality of the song itself. It's a great song, tells an amazing story, but I just you know don't have the urge to get that low <laughs> very often. So it's just not really a big feel good hit for me to you know pop in the old uh, CD player. Yeah, you don't want to hear about a, a loveless marriage that's gone no. bad. And, no, no. Been there, know. done that. Thank you very much. Yes, exactly. Uh, Scott, how about you? It's not one of my favorites. Okay. It's it's a it's a good song, but mm -hmm. it's just it doesn't it didn't ever really grab my attention the way okay. some of the other songs that I'm hoping we're gonna get to soon. Okay. About about what didn't make the list. And All right. That, that I think should have. And okay. No. Okay. Um, so, um, because it's our podcast, right? We are going to. Um, are we going to rewrite the list? We are going to rewrite the list. Sweet. So, uh, why don't we take turns? Um, we'll at least go three, and then yeah, let's do three, and then we'll do our honorable mentions. Okay. So, um, Bob or Scott, which one do you want to start? What would you take off and what would you put in? I can, I'll, I'll start off with this. Okay. Okay. I would drop Atlantic City. I would drop No Surrender. Okay. And I would drop probably Hungry Heart. Okay. I, you know, it just never grabbed me. Mm -hmm. And I would put on My Hometown. Hmm. Glory days. And I know this would not make very many people's 
top 10 list, but I love, love, love the song State Trooper. <laughs> okay. I know it's a, it's an obscure one. It's, it's way out there. It's a, it's a very short song, but I just, there's something about it that grabs my attention and I love that song. Okay. So oh. remind me again, cause I'm making notes. What would you have, what would you, a state trooper? Yes. Okay. State trooper. Okay. Uh, Glory days in my hometown. Okay. You know, two, two songs from, I believe that was, uh, born in the USA, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then state trooper was off of Nebraska. Yes which I didn't discover that song until, I don't know, maybe even might've been as recent as eight or 10 10 years ago. All right. Which uh, you want to give some reasons why a little bit of summary on each of the three, why you'd pick them? Uh, My hometown is just, it's a, it's in my opinion, it's kind of a feel good song in at one point. I know that, that it talks about, um, you know, the, the, the rough times of the, I would say probably the late sixties of racial problems and issues, but overall, you know, I can't, it just kind of brings me back to, to growing up and, you know, he, he talks about his dad having him on the, on his lap driving around town and, and that's relatable to to somebody like me i maybe i didn't grow up in a small town but i knew where i came from that sitting on that big old buick is an image right Um, yeah absolutely and i mean my grandpa i think i think it was probably my grandfather that had more influence my dad was in the navy so he was gone a lot of right so we spent a lot of time at my mom's family's house and so my grandpa, you know, we would sit in the middle on that, the fold down armrest in the big old, you know, whatever it was at the time, the boat, um, you know, he had a Lincoln at one time, he had a Mercury at another, and there were the big boats with the armrest that folded down. And we would sit on that little armrest. There were no kids seats. There were no, no. <laughs> it was a completely different era. You know, I mean, you guys, you guys know what I'm talking about. Absolutely. Um, so I think that kind of that just that little that little lyric just really always hit home with me. And then and then I like Glory Days, you know, because it's kind of a reminiscence song. Yeah, it's always it's looking back. And what do we do on 80s reboot overdrive and 80s mixtape auto reverse? What are we yeah. doing? What are we doing now? We're reminiscing about some things from the past, from mostly the 80s and times that we grew up. And I think Glory Days kind of wraps that up into one big package. Absolutely. So and then State Trooper is just it just caught my attention. I don't know why. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why. It just it's just kind of a, a cool. Uh, I love his howling at the end or whatever okay. you want to call it. Uh, <laughs> howling, screeching, mm-hmm. something. It, it's really a, just a very unique uh, song to me. I just like the the baseline. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of um, not a lot of instruments in the song. It's just like yeah, do 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 yeah. Doom, and it does doom. have a great cadence oh, as we yeah. talked about that story. I uh, think that's something about Bruce that I that. Some of his songs have always caught me with his cadence. Yeah, I think that's. Uh, thanks, Bob, for bringing that word. <laughs> out. Absolutely, it's hey, not. It's not a word you use very often. No, in, no. In in general life, and yeah. when you're searching for that certain word, it, it's helpful when somebody brings it up. <laughs> so, thanks. Bob, do you have any feedback on those three songs? 
Um, I, I really like uh, the songs that, that Scott listed, especially Glory Days. And honestly, the only reason I didn't put Glory Days on my top 10 list was because I already probably had a little bit of overload from that album. Yeah. Um, but that I think like what Scott mentioned about it, the nostalgia, it, it's, you know, I'm a very nostalgic person by nature and, and I've always uh, really enjoyed reminiscing. Um, and yeah. that particular song, you know, the lyrics. So, you know, uh, had a friend who's a big baseball player back in high school. Uh, they're very good, easy to sing along with, to identify with. And, you know, I really like some of the uh, music, the, the instrumental flourishes in there, like the organ, you know, and the guitar. Yeah. I, I'm very drawn to certain um, of those sounds that are in that song. And, you know, I keep thinking of the video with, you know, Max twirling the drumsticks and little Steven and the mandolin. And um, I, I love when I hear that song going, I immediately turn it up and smile. It, yeah. It, you know, you talk about overplaying. Glory Days has got to have been played just as much as Born in the USA. It's kind of overplay proof. It, it really is. There you are know, certain songs that are like that. I was talking to a friend of mine. There's a handful of songs that no matter how badly they're overplayed, I'm never going to get tired of them. And this is probably right in that category. I agree. And I also love the, um, it, the shortcut, um, just to kind of pull back the curtain a little bit. Um, you know, Bob and our friend junior that we're going to end up talking a little bit about (laughs) are both huge, um, Spurs fans. And like, uh, a year or so ago, he was talking about oh, when the championship, and and I just typed glory days, and he just <laughs> it immediately cracked Bob up because he knew exactly what I was saying and implying. So yep. it is just perfect. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree. I um, uh, you know, glory days, and you know, Bob, I, I I like how you're putting that. You know. It just is somehow it's indestructible. You can't overplay that song because when I hear that song, I just smile and I laugh. Um, exactly, my hometown is not one of my favorites, but I, I can understand why it would be uh, on it. And then um, I think it's funny you pick State Trooper, and I'll tell you why when I get to my list. Okay. Real quick, Jesse, before we before yeah. we get off of Glory Days, I, I thought. I was thinking about a couple of the other songs I had in that same category of sure. never getting tired of. And there's a lot of uh, similarities for me between Glory Days and the song Centerfold by Jay Giles. I, another song <laughs> that I love and never get tired of. But it's the same thing. You, he's reminiscing and it's yep. it just puts a smile on your face and it's catchy as all get out. It's So it's almost like Glory Days is Bruce's centerfold. You know, it's his version mm-hmm. of centerfold. And, no. and I think it's, you know, it's 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 peppy and it's got a beat and you know, yeah. it, it, it is. And it has an energy to it. That is just greatness. Yeah. Good point. All right, Bob, what's your three? What would you drop out? And what would you pick in? Okay. I'm going to go if ahead. You want to go with five? Let's well, go ahead. I, no, we I'll got limit, time. I'll limit it to three. Uh, but I did have five off, off the list, but let me just go with the three. I, I would take off out in the street. I would take off born in the USA and I would take off, um, Atlantic city. No, I'll tell you what, I'll take off the river. So at least we got something from Nebraska on. Okay. So, um, and then for the river from that album, what I would replace that with is Cadillac ranch. I love that song. 
Never get another one I never get tired of. Another one that's high energy. Sing along with, turn it up every time I hear it. Just the, the you know, it's it's almost impossible not to sing along with that song. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would, uh, from Born in the USA, I'm torn between I'm going down and cover me, but I'm probably going to go with I'm going down. That that's probably my favorite song off of that album. Okay. I really I really love that song. Again, it's just more of a a feel kind of thing. It's just a feel good. I love the way it sounds. Um, and then for tunnel of love, um, I would, uh, replace, uh, I didn't pull any of my tunnel of the love of love songs off, but one of the ones I'd want to put on there from tunnel of love is tougher than the rest. I've always really liked that song as well. Um, and you know, I, I don't, you and Scott are both a lot more articulate and able to really, um, elucidate more on wh- why you like these certain songs. For me, it's so much more of just a feel thing. And it's like, okay, when it comes on, I'm, I'm turning it up. I want to hear this. This is a song I really like. Oh, wow. I haven't heard this in forever. Let's, let's listen to this, you know, or even if it's something that I've heard a million times, I just never get tired of it. And all three of those songs really kind of fit that bill for me. Okay, good. <laughs> Very Scott, cool. thoughts. Okay. So I want to, piggyback off of what you just said about how sometimes you just hear a song and you just want to listen to it. You just want to jam to it, whatever. Okay. Our, the other podcasts that I have been hosting the eighties mixtape auto reverse. I, there's three different people on this show. Okay. And they are three different personalities and I am the fan. Okay. I'm just the fan. I, I don't know the details of behind how the album was made, you know, that Mutt Lang was the one that was the producer at the time. And, <laughs> and but my, my co-hosts are Chris, he's a musician and he's played, he's, he's played with a band that has opened for people like, um, Motorhead, Metallica, uh, bigger, bigger name bands is his, he's been around. He knows a lot of these people. He's met a lot of these people. And he knows the musician part of things. And then there's Tim, who who has had a an easing for years that um, he knows all the technical side of things of who produced what and all this stuff. And here I am. I just I just love music. I just love to listen to it. I just love mm-hmm. to, you know. I just I I am like Spinal Tap. I crank it to eleven a lot of times just because it's the song. It doesn't matter. You know, so I totally get where you're coming from on that one. Sorry for the tangent. No, <laughs> no, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah, I'm no. the same way. I, I'm a huge music fan, and I envy anyone who has any sort of talent to be able to either play an instrument I, or, or sing or anything. And it's just, I love it hearing and, and listening to it. I just wish I could actually create it somehow. Yeah, I, I'm I'm on board with that. So um, the songs that you chose. I'm glad that you chose the obscure, and I can't even remember the name now. Uh, the obscure one off of Tunnel of Love. What oh, was t- it? tougher than the rest. Yeah, I don't know that one at all. I'm like, I, I I'm like, it made my list, by the way. Okay. Oh wow! That's so that one. was one of them. Um, I, I don't have to talk about now because we did. Um, yeah, tougher than the rest is a really, it is a Bruce Country song. Okay. Um, Travis Tritt has covered it, and other people have. It is, um, it is a true, you know, if he wanted to do a country album, this would be one of the songs. And I, I agree, it's a great song. Yeah. Um, 
then and, the other the other songs he mentioned were um, he was choosing between "Cover Me" and "I'm Going Down," and I, I "Cover Me" was my one of my honorable mentions. Okay. So. Um, I would probably lean that direction. And then what was the third one? Cadillac Ranch. Cadillac Ranch. Uh, sing along song. Like you said, I agree with that. Uh, you can't hear it without, you know, singing along. That might be oh, that and Hungry fun. Heart might be the two most karaokeable, if that's a word, <laughs> Bruce songs in his catalog. And it's a word now, Bob. Yes. yes, it is. And you know what I find fascinating is a lot of scholars say Cadillac Ranch is about dying. I'm like, hmm. what? How? <laughs> Just because he says, would take me out in the back and put me in the Cadillac Ranch? I don't know. Um, I, I love the song. I, I agree with you. Um, you know, friend of um, the show, um, Sam hates that song and i just like <laughs> how can you hate cadillac ranch sam it's such a fun song can i move it to number one now Is yes it indeed exactly <laughs> sorry just kidding sam just yeah. a good nature um, at sam there so um i will you know go th- what, yeah, i was gonna go say uh, the thing about death i wonder if it has anything to do with the fact that in amarillo or out in that area there's the cadillac ranch which has all of those cadillacs buried like halfway in the ground sticking out so it's almost like a cemetery of Cadillacs. So I'm wondering if somebody extrapolated from that and thought, oh, well, maybe this is a euphemism for a cemetery and dying or something. That's the only way I can see any sort of yeah. connection between the two. I hmm. think you're right. Um, so the three I would get rid of, The River, I'm on Fire, and Born in the USA. Um, and I would put in, in no particular order, um, I would do... I had said tougher than the rest, which you'd already talked about. Um, All that heaven will allow from um, Tunnel of Love. A couple reasons. One, I've always liked the song. Um, Just, I love the story. You know, I got a dollar in my pocket. There ain't a cloud up above. And I also have always thought, because the lyric says, say, hey there, Mr. Bouncer. Now all I want to do is dance, but I swear I left my wallet back home in my working pants. Come on, Slim, slip me in. I'll make it up to you somehow. I can't be late. I got a date with all that heaven will allow. And I love that lyric, but I also go, okay, once you're in, is she not going to want a Coke? Is she not going to want a <laughs> glass of wine? You got no money. What are you going to do? Um, so I always love that song. And then, um, and there's some other great lyrics about you know, rain and storm and dark skies. Well, now they don't mean a thing if you got a girl that loves you who wants to wear your ring. Um, you know, so it's a really sweet love song. But there was a a guy who is uh, partners with um, uh, Adam Carell. Adam, yeah, Carella. Carella. Yeah, Carella. Thank Adam you. Adam Carella. Mm-hmm. Yes, and he was on Lynette Carella's a podcast talking about tunnel of love and he said once again i'm going to go to the cancer uh, ward he said when he was fighting cancer he lived with the lyric now some may want to die young man young and gloriously get it straight now mister hey buddy that ain't me because i've got something on my mind that sets me straight and walking proud and i want all the time all that heaven will allow and he kept playing that song I want all the time, all that heaven will allow when he was fighting it. And 
I've like I never would have thought that way, and so that kind of made the song I loved, but made it even more with me when I hear that story. So, and then my last one, which I laughed at, you doing State Trooper, I picked Highway Patrolman. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I will tell you, I will be candid with you, partly because Johnny Cash does a heck of a cover of Highway Patrolman. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I love the whole story of that, you know, his brother – you know, a man turns his back on his family while he just ain't no good. Um, I love that story and him um, being a, you know, a patrolman and having, you know, his brother being on the dark, you know, kind of on the bad side. And so this is one of my songs that I would uh, put in there. Definitely not as catchy as some of the others, but I just think it's really one of his really strong songs of the 80s. Well, Not laying out, Jesse. I was about to sneeze. Sorry about that. I understand. That. No, no, no. <laughs> that would have been funny if you laid out. Okay. <laughs> uh, Paul in that. Yes. So go ahead, Bob. Oh, no. I, I I didn't really have much to contribute on this particular song. Okay. Yeah. I don't have – on all your all three of those songs, I don't have a lot of, okay. a lot of addition. Okay. Um, I, I don't – see, I'm – didn't never listen to the whole album when I heard State Trooper. I heard it on satellite radio one day, yeah. and it caught my attention, and I never went back and listened to the rest of the album. Well, I recommend going Highway Patrolman, Johnny Cash, and okay. uh, he does a great version of this. Um, give me your other two honorable mentions, and we'll wrap this up considering we're almost at an hour and a half. Yeah, I just had the one cover me, and okay. that was uh, something that Bob mentioned briefly. Okay, so that was that was the only other one that I could really think of that was All not right. on the list. And Bob, oh, how about your two? Wait, oh, go ahead. There's, there's one song that I'm glad that was not on the list, and I kind of alluded to it earlier, and that was "Dancing in the Dark." Thank okay. God they didn't put that one on the list. Though so I think, <laughs> I think if you hear a if someone covers dancing in the dark and it isn't that fast beat that it has, it actually is a very good song, but I do believe that the video and Courtney Cox and the overplaying it, um, can skew a little bit. Um, I actually think it's a very good song and I do not get tired of hearing it, but Go ahead. That was probably our friend Junior's biggest complaint of that not being. He thought <laughs> that that's not only one of Bruce Springsteen's biggest hits. That was one of the '80s biggest hits. How could that not be? Yes, on the top ten list. But okay. Um, Although I agree with him, I'm glad that it didn't make the list. Yes. Okay. I, I share. I share I your like... joy in its exclusion. Okay. I also could not hear that song anymore. Okay. What other did you miss, Bob? Uh, the only other one that we didn't talk about um, for me was uh, Johnny 99, which oh. another one that's been covered by quite a few other artists uh, since then. That is a really good song and well done. Very not, it, you know, for all your talking about you not embracing the dark uh morose side of bruce that's a pretty nice uh pick for you well i wanted to have at least something from nebraska so i figured okay what what if i had to pick one song from that album that's the one that that i would go with would be that one uh very cool um 
so Scott, I don't know if this will make the podcast, but we have to share with you our friend Junior. Peaceful, easy living as a B side. Yeah, yeah, and in fact, evil feeling. Sorry. So Peaceful, easy feeling. Yeah, when he heard that my son and I were going to see Bruce, he's like, "So after he plays Santa Claus is coming to town, what else is he going to play?" Oh my gosh. <laughs> and part of this is shtick, and part of it is he really is kind of, you know, and he'll say like, "Oh." Um, uh, you know, um, like Bob Dylan, oh, two, you know, at the most. And he'll just, it's, he really is funny on that. So. He, ba- he bases everything on if it's just only got massive radio play or not. And yes. It's, it's, it's uh, Jesse's right. It's, it's a bit, he does it, does it to just be a contrarian, but it is pretty funny at times just to argue with him about it. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. he has, he always embraces a lot of fun. Um, awesome. Um, any final thoughts about, um, the uh list uh scott let's start with you you know not necessarily about the list but i really i didn't expect to have this much fun talking about (laughs) springsteen because i and and one of the things is i would love to see him live because i've always heard such amazing things that like you said i think this was the first time the first podcast we did together you said that once you saw him live you were converted yes you you were like okay this is this is something special. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think a lot of people have said that about, uh, like a Garth Brooks. Yeah. He's he's a great entertainer. And I've seen, I've seen Garth Brooks, you know, and he is an amazing entertainer and I would love to see Bruce live because now looking back and realizing a lot of the songs that I missed over the years, I would truly enjoy the, the, the musicianship and the entertainment side of what he really has to offer and that he's, he's much, he's a very powerful, um, live showman showman. You know what I mean? So I I would look forward to seeing him if I ever get a chance. It it truly is good. This river tour, he is doing the river in its entirety and that takes about two hours and 15 minutes and so he's doing another hour and hour 15 every night of other songs. So he is doing three hours, 15, 325 every night at 66 without a break. They, you know, they don't do a 15 minute encore, you know, where they go off stage. Um, they just are there. And in fact, when I was at Louisville, they went through the whole show and they always end with Shout, this tour, um, which I don't know I, if necessarily is the best clo- show closer. Uh, you yeah, know, if but- I could pick, I would be like, hey, couldn't you do something else, Bruce? But he does shout. And so everyone's screaming and yelling and the lights are up and uh, the band's unplugging. And people are waving, and Max winds, you know, Max comes out with his drumsticks, and he hands them to an audience member, and Bruce picks up his guitar and starts strumming, and you could see them going, "What? No, we're over." And um, he said, "You want one more?" And all of a sudden, everyone's scrambling to get back on the stage, <laughs> and they did Bobby Jean, uh, and it felt like a whole. You know, it truly is 
like as a kid when you found a present underneath the tree that you you thought all the presents were open and you kind of found one at the last minute and you went what really and it was just amazing that he did just this one more song so yes he is uh, very good yeah you know i too would be surprised to see bruce springsteen close with a tears for fear song yeah <laughs> not quite that <laughs> but i love that bob how about you um it's gonna come across as me being pretty lazy but i would echo exactly those two points that scott made i definitely really would love to see him live he's probably my top three uh bands that i've never seen live that i really want to see live and yeah. uh I had way more fun <laughs> talking about Bruce than I thought I would because I've always looked at it as being such a novice, you know, mm -hmm. in terms of knowing about him and his in his entire catalog compared to somebody like you, Jesse, or yeah. some of the other folks that go to a lot of his shows and been fans for years. But uh, it was really fun, a lot of fun. Well, um, I got to tell you, um, we had a couple of people that were going to join us um, because of circumstances they couldn't. And I'm not going to say I'm happy, but I really kind of am. It was fun of us, the three of us. And I'm now going to be scouring for like either Springsteen in the 70s or Springsteen in the 90s. So the three of us can do this again because this was – I agree with you guys. This was a lot of fun. We could uh, always just make our own – three lists as yes, well. Yes, we are. We, we might have to do that. I think this would be fun. This is a, I, you know, this is a segment worth repeating. Yeah, because oh, yeah. if we get into the 90s, we're going to get into the really odd uh, subject about how big a fan I am of uh, the, the double albums of Human, uh, Human Touch and Lucky Town that most people think are among his worst albums that I actually really liked both of those albums. Oh, that would be interesting. Um, I do know one of his... One of the really funny lines he made in um, in one of his tours, he says, uh, I'm going to do one from the 90s. And people started applauding. He goes, ah, be careful. It might be one of those that sucked. <laughs> <laughs> now so. I'll tell you, there's one from the 90s that I absolutely love. And I wish it was something that we could have talked about. And that's 57 channels. Yes. And nothing on. That's, I love you know that what? song. It's, it's yes. so, it is so relatable because not only, uh, yeah, yeah. And not only is it 57 channels nowadays, it's like mm -hmm. 3000 channels and there ain't Jack on. That's why I watch Netflix. Well, and better days <laughs> is one of my favorite songs of all time. So, okay, I'm going to make that happen. We're going to do, uh, we might, we're going to do the nineties and we'll do the seventies and we'll do the same format and that'll be fun. Uh, um, so we'll, we'll make that, that happen. Yeah. Um, Scott, if someone wants to find you, how do they? Okay. There's a couple different ways. I'm, uh, on eighties auto reverse or at eighties auto reverse on Twitter, or you can find me at eighties mixtape auto reverse on Facebook. And then also my photography side of things. I'm at Scott Compton photography on Facebook. And one more Twitter is at Scott's eye. And that's kind of my photography side of things for, uh, Twitter. All right. And, um, Bob, I do not think you're writing about baseball anymore, right? No, no, I'm not Dang really it. actively, uh, doing anything along those lines, but I am on Twitter, uh, with the, uh, Twitter handle, lukewarm tall boy okay which, <laughs> kind of a double meaning there okay and, uh, so is that a tall boy is in a beer yes okay yes. very good okay. but right. i'm also six five so yes oh, my okay. last name is bland right. which is kind of a pseudonym for lukewarm so yes it has kind of two meanings <laughs> oh, very nice i like that 
Yeah. All right. I am at Jesse Jackson DFW. No, not the civil rights leader. Though, if you do follow me every once in a while, you will see um, I am thrown in political discussions. <laughs> <laughs> and if you uh, and at 80s Reboot um, is uh, Dave's um, feed. At Set Lusting Bruce is my Twitter feed, and Set Lusting Bruce has a Facebook page. If you want to be on the show and talk about Bruce Springsteen or other musical heroes, uh, send me an email at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. Um, Scott, Bob, this was a blast. We are going to do it again. Uh, for now, I think we're going to call it a night, and uh, we will talk to you soon. Hi, Junior. <laughs> uh, so I understand you had some uh, hot, hot Bruce opinions, HBOs, about this top ten list, right? Well, yeah, when I saw it, there was no Dancing in the Dark. That's his biggest hit, isn't it? <laughs> That's number one, like all time. Not even just 80s, 70s, 90s, 2000s. That's his signature move. So how many does he have? How many does Bruce have? He's got about five, maybe six. Okay, also, so Dancing in the Dark is one. Yeah, and was Glory Days on either one of those lists? No. I don't think so. Wow. No. What a, that's number two all time. Okay. What a huge omission. <laughs> all right. Born in the USA was on there. Yeah, but it should have been number one of the 80s list if you're not going to include Dancing in the Dark in Glory Years. Okay. But it was like middle of the pack 80s, was it not? Yes. I'm on Fire, was that on the list? Yeah, that was, that was number two or three. Okay, well, that's his fourth. What about Hungry Heart? Is that one of the That five? would be number five. Okay, okay, how about The River? Would The River make it? How does that even go? Like, I mean, is that a B-side? I'm with him, I'm with him on that. Yes. B-side, okay. Deep Cut. Okay, very nice. <laughs> Tunnel of Love, you said, was a big hit. I don't yes. even remember that one either. How did that one go? Brilliant Disguise, do you remember that one? No, how does it go? What did the video look like? Everything needs to be traced back to, well, what did the video look like on MTV? <laughs> All right. And if, it, and if it didn't even have a video, it's a B-side or a deep cut. So immediately. Brilliant Disguise was him playing in the kitchen, and they kind of do a pan to him directly. That sounds like a DVD extra. It doesn't sound like a big MTV regular rotation. All right. Very nice. How about Atlantic City? Is that a big must here? How does that go? Oh, yeah, I, I can play it. <laughs> yeah, beat me, uh, you know. Never heard of it. Okay. B-side, deep cut. Okay. Do you remember One Step Up? No. Is that like One Step Beyond? No, that was madness. <laughs> that was a bigger hit than One Step Up. All right, how about My Hometown? How does that go? My Hometown. My Hometown. No Surrender. Um, is that the, the guy that sings I Don't Wear My Sunglasses at Night? No, that no. was Corey Hart. Doesn't he have a Never Surrender? Yeah, never Surrender, yeah. Yeah, no, this is No Surrender, where yeah. I busted out of class. No, I had one no, that should have these... been on the list that wasn't Cadillac Ranch. How does that go? Cadillac, Cadillac. No, th these are all just unknown songs. <laughs> so, no one's even Glory Days of. should be, Glory Days and Born in the USA should be on there. And Dancing in the Dark is the, the most biggest of omissions. Dancing in the Dark. Yeah. And so, if you're doing All Time Bruce, then Santa Claus is coming to town. It should probably be number one. He even mentioned that. That was the first one he said. And are we not including um, Streets of Philadelphia? That is that 90s. a 90s? That's 90s. Yes, that was. Okay. Well, if we were including that, if you're going all-time Bruce, you're probably looking okay. at putting that in the top ten. And also okay. what's Born to Run? 
Born to Run, if you're including 70s, that'd probably be go somewhere in this top 10. So maybe he's got like 10. Okay. Oh, wow. But it sounds, it sounds to me like he's pretty much peaked after Streets of Philadelphia because he's right. had no <laughs> big hits. How about then. The Wrestler? You know, the Mickey Rourke film, you know, he did he, that. He did a song for that? Yes, he how did. did. How did that go? Uh, oh, I'm a wrestler. Yeah. No, I've never heard of it. Okay. Probably spare. So, Junior, if someone wants to hear from you, what's your Twitter handle? I don't have one, do I? Yeah, you just never use it. Oh, is it, uh, is it at Mexican underscore Junior? I think so. At Twitter.com <laughs> or something like that? You're probably like... Yes, Jesse, yes, just... Hit me up on Twitter and I'll tell you how many somebody has. Yeah, it's Mexican underscore Junior. Okay. Yeah. Very at, nice. At Twitter.com, is that how that works? <laughs> I think it's just at Mexican underscore Junior. <laughs> so, very right. nice. Segment over. Yes. Coming up next... <laughs> Dang it. So, is that what you guys did for two hours on the podcast? An hour and a half. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.